This is Robert Wilson and you are listening to the Fulham Focus Podcast. Hello, welcome to the Fulham Focus podcast. My name's Matt Boisclair and it was a thoroughly frustrating game at Bramall Lane at Sunday lunchtime as we took our first point of the season, but it surely should have been all three after a host of missed opportunities from the Whites. For those of you expecting J-Mac, I'm afraid you're stuck with me after he pulled up with a hangover sprain, sorry, hamstring strain in the pre-match warm-up, whilst Matt Dom and Will Oakley warmed up properly and complete our lineup today. Let's have a look back over this game then, lads. Fulham. So following the news that Joachim Anderson is out for a significant period of time, having damaged his ankle ligaments, apparently, there was a debut for Toshin Adarabayo in the Fulham defence alongside Tim Ream, whilst Michael Hector wasn't even in the squad. Ola Aina continued to deputise for the injured Kenny Tete at right back. Anthony Robinson was preferred over Joe Bryan to make up the back four at left back. And Geeser and Kearney sat in front of the back four whilst Ruben Loftus-Cheek made his debut behind Mitro with Adamola, Lookman and Ivan Cavallero playing either side of him. What were your thoughts on the lineup, Will? Uh, I thought it was a pretty solid lineup. I think apart from Cav and maybe Ream, I look at that and I think, yeah, yeah, that's solid. Um, I mean, we'll come on to individual performances later, but I thought everyone was pretty good apart from Cav and Mitrovic, but you can't really replace Mitrovic in the lineup. Uh, I, I don't think anyway. So yeah, I, I thought it was a solid lineup. Maybe I'm thinking drop Cav, and the other thing is where's Hector? But otherwise, yeah, that's a solid lineup for me. I think um, I think that's about as good as it could have been um, when you ignore the injured players. I think I think ideally you'd have Anderson instead of Ream there. Uh, and we don't really have many good options on the right, and that's uh, Cavalera. That's really the weak spot now, isn't it? I think I think a lot of us agreed that 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 would have been um, when the transfer window closed. That was sort of the position that we we really needed to 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 improve in quality. But but yeah, it, it, it was a good lineup. I think uh, Loftus Cheek fitted in well uh, before before he faded. Um, just a bit more support for Mitro than uh, Bobby Reed offers or Tom Kearney offers when he's playing there. Yeah, I, I don't have any complaints really about the lineup. There's some suggestion that Hector was linked with a move away on Friday's deadline day. Uh, do you think there's any any truth in those rumours? And it would kind of be backed up by the fact that he wasn't actually in the squad today. I, I find it bizarre. Yeah, I think um, I think given that he wasn't even in the squad, you've you've got to think there must have been something in that. Um, it's, it's a baffling decision to loan him out. I thought it was when we, when we when it kind of started being reported the other day, I'm thinking he's fair enough. He's, he hasn't played well this season, but he's, he's joined a team. He's finally settled. He's left Chelsea. He's got a permanent move in a team that he's playing football and he improved us defensively last season. And then to ship him out after a few poor performances was really poor form. I thought, um, uh, so I, I don't know what's happened there, but the fact that he wasn't even in the squad suggests that, he may well have been close to a move away, and I think that's I think that's daft. He's definitely got a role to play for us. And Will, how do you feel about Jockey Anderson getting injured before even kicking a ball for us? It's almost like somebody's looking down on us and saying, 
you don't belong in the Premier League. Your defence is going to continue to be shit. Yeah, it's it's really not ideal, is it? Um, I mean, let's just hope it's not more than a couple of months. I mean, ankle, tearing your ankle ligament sounds pretty bad. I wouldn't say I know a lot about it, but I mean, he probably will be out for quite a few weeks and if not, I'd say a few months. Um, but today, Adarabayo, I thought, looked quite good. You know, step from Blackburn to then up to the Premier League, it, it can be a big step. But I thought he was decent. And, I mean, Ream always gets criticism, but I thought he was good today as well. We've still got Hector, who I think does deserve another chance. And Maxime Lamartians, he's always all right coming off the bench. You know, he's he's not terrible. So, it's not ideal, but I, I don't think it's like instant panic. Okay, well, we made a reasonable start. Lots of good movement and possession. And Tom Kearney bought a good early save from Aaron Ramsdale. But Sheffield United also had a couple of good early chances too. The encouraging thing for me was that we looked far more positive attacking, though. Uh, Lookman obviously made his first start and looked great going forward, as did Loftus-Cheek. And even Kearney looked good going forwards as well, didn't you think, Dom? Yeah, absolutely. I think I think Lookman is the link that was missing for us last season. I mean, we all know Parker likes possession football and, and it, it's cagey and it's, it's defensive perhaps, but... But with a with a strong defence, you need to be able to attack at pace. And the, the players we had before that didn't really fit the bill. But but Lookman, he he drops into space, he turns and he runs, and we have not got another player that can do that. And he he's made a huge difference. And you know his goal was superb. We'll talk about that later. But um, the fact that that there's players around Mitro who are either looking to to get in behind, which Cav did sometimes, but obviously his crossing isn't very good. Lukman coming short and and running running at players, and then you've got Loftus Cheek kind of drifting left and right and and linking up play. We looked we looked brilliant in midfield. I thought, um, apart from as you said, we gave away a few chances um, towards the middle of the first half. But aside from that, when they could have scored a couple of goals, I think I think we were well worth a win, and we we should have got a win today. Yeah, exactly. I think Lookman was absolutely amazing. Like Dom said, we'll talk about his goal later. But I think him and Loftus-Cheek were actually really good. Uh, Loftus-Cheek seemed to run out of steam towards the end, but he hasn't played consistent football in quite a long time, really. Uh, But yeah, I I think Lookman and Loftus-Cheek seem to have a bit of chemistry going on. Um, the, The midfield, I thought, was pretty good. Even Kearney was quite good today. And the last um the last couple of games, Kenny's looked really good. And Gwissa, again, who I am literally his biggest fan going, looks absolutely amazing. You know, box to box. Um he's if anything, he's converted more to like a cam than a CDM, but he can play both and he does play both throughout the match. He doesn't stop running the whole game. He puts in challenges, he's willing to put his body on the line for for Fulham and that's all you really want in a player. I think, yeah, the only thing is his cav he he doesn't know what to do. And for me, I, I still think it was very, very stupid to loan Knockart out. I mean, Knockart hasn't been great and he probably wasn't brilliant last season, but at least he defends. And someone said on the team chat that Cav drops back into like a wing back. He's definitely not suited to that. If that's going to happen, put Brian in. Or if we're going to do that throughout the season, keep Knockart because Knockart can defend. And I still think it was, yeah, stupid to loan him out because I think he's better than Cav or he can be better than Cav. But yeah, that's that, I suppose. 
it's a fair point i mean as we we've discussed that that is the weak position um i think knockout cavalero um ak bobby reed any any of those four there are it doesn't really matter which one's playing they're not gonna they're not gonna be the best player on the pitch by a long way but i i was was gonna i was gonna add that when we went up through the playoff i think we had some discussions where we looked at the squads and we were like who's premier league quality and who's not and beyond metro i don't think i don't think we could make a claim that any of the players that really got promoted were good enough really and some potentially could have been some were untested but you look at that squad today you've got angista in there you've got lukeman in there got um loftus cheek in there uh, even Adebayo, Adebayo oh, fucking hell, Toshin, however you say his name, looks like he could potentially be Premier League quality. And then Tete on the right, it, it's a much better squad. And I think they're fighting chance, even though <laughs> even though a lot of us said we need to give these 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 players a chance when we went up. I think, I think we've improved in the positions we needed to improve in. And there's been a lot of talk about, oh, we haven't got the right winger. We've still got a crap squad and all that stuff. I think, I think we've made some really good signings. And I think overall the squad looks a damn sight stronger than the one we got relegated with before and the squad that got us promoted last year. It's still very easy to to criticise when we're not picking up wins, though. And and people will always do that. We've got one point in five games, which isn't great. Um, defensively, we still look extremely shaky when we're under pressure. And we were fortunate that we were playing a side today who struggled to score, in all honesty. The summers are, some of our defending in the first half would have been punished had we been playing a better side. Adarabayo stuck one away in his own net, of course, but thankfully there were four Sheffield United attackers offside and not for the only time this afternoon as well. Uh, but it did feel like we were riding our luck a little bit, didn't it? Will, what did you think about us defensively today, particularly in the first half? Because the second half, we were much better. Yeah, it was very shaky. I mean, that offside goal, I was thinking, you know, we got away with that. But there was quite a few offside calls later on where maybe we did just keep our line really well and we played them offside. But it just looked like that offside goal. It did look quite lucky. Other times, yeah, fair enough. That's good defending. But yeah, I don't know. I thought Ream was actually quite good, like, individually. And I thought the same as Adrobayo. I thought individually he looked really good. But I still think it's kind of a sense of getting them to play together uh well like getting a good partnership going because the problem is if we keep chopping and changing through you know Hector Anderson Adarabayo Reem Lamarchand it's not gonna work I think we need two solid starters and maybe one to fill in if the other one can't play um I think we will get there eventually but at the moment they look good individually I think it will just take a bit of time to look solid throughout the whole 90 minutes I um I think I think Scott Parker still is still trying a few things out. Um, after the Wolves game, I think a lot of us agreed that that seemed to be what might work. We played five at the back defensively, but um, but with kind of two left backs really, um, with with Joe Bryan um, getting forward and um, you know Robinson coming up alongside him, and it seemed to work. But today. I thought we were even better. Apart from that spell, that, that cagey spell where we conceded a few chances, I thought the defensive line was better. It's easier to keep in line with four, not five. Um, and it allowed us to be quicker on the break. In the first half, we, we it didn't really come off for us, but there were a few chances in that second half where 
with better end products, we we could have really put the game to bed. Um, Lukman really helps with that. And I, I think playing a winger who is an attacking winger is a better option because you 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 can turn defense to attack faster. And I think I think in that second half it is how we should play going forward because that that was really good. And I don't think we'll have we'll have a half like that where we we don't win this season and play that well. Problem we do have at the moment. You mentioned that Scott Parker's still trying things out, but this isn't a rehearsal. This is the Premier League. We got thirty eight games to try and muster up 35, 40 points to stay up. We've already had five points and we've only got one point so far. And arguably, we still don't know what our best side is. And this was kind of our undoing last time as well, albeit in slightly different different circumstances. Um, th- there's there's no room for manoeuvre here. We, we just need to settle really, really quickly. We've got some winnable games coming up now, um, but it's all very well saying they're winnable and... Then when we do the the post-match analysis, when we haven't won, we talk about the positives that we can take. But there's only so many times you can do that. But we need points on the board. That's the bottom line. And we're not getting them at the moment. Um, At the beginning of the second half at Bramall Lane, Ramsdale fumbled across, which presented Lookman with a chance. But the Sheffield United keeper recovered to make an excellent block. Then we were awarded a stonewall penalty, which Mitro blasted over the bar. He hadn't done much all game. And then this will. Yeah, I was fuming. Um, 12 yards out, our player of the season last season, scored 26 goals, and he does that. I mean, it skimmed the crossbar, but hardly. Like, let's let's be real. And the thing is, Billy Sharp tried or, or pulled off exactly what Mitro was trying later on in the game with the penalty, and it's just frustrating. I think... He was very. He looked very annoyed during that game. Very frustrated, maybe about the lack of service. But obviously, he did get that service later on, which I'm sure we'll probably talk about. And he I didn't get any chance. Didn't any goals out of it. And one of them, especially, was an easy goal to score for him. Anyway, he'd be scoring them last season easily. So yeah, I, I don't know what's going on. I mean, he's just got back from international duty. I think he was actually quite good for Serbia, but maybe he's just frustrated, and it might. It must be difficult at the moment. But it's not a confidence thing with him, is it? He's always full of confidence and, you, you know, he'll he'll miss a chance, but then, you know, the next one, he'll probably stick away. But 12 yards out, the least you'd expect from a striker is to hit the target. Yeah, it's it's not acceptable to to miss the target from, from 12 yards out. It, it's not. And first thing is you want your, you want your striker to be the penalty. For me, I want my striker to be the penalty taker. He's the goal scorer. So first thing is first, he's, he steps up, he wants he wants every penalty, fine. Hit the target. He's always trying to hit the point just behind the crossbar in the roof of the net. And as we've seen in the past, he, he's not the best at them. So maybe it is time for someone else to take them. But but then who who is it, you know? And he's he scored eight and eight for Serbia or something like that. So he's he's on a run internationally and he's he's always a confident player. So it's just you you have to score if the keeper saves it fine that's one thing but hit the target you, there's no excuses for it oh i bet ak47 was livid sat on the bench <laughs> <laughs> well shortly afterwards we found ourselves five against two on the counter attack it looked odds on we were going to score but cavalero was tasked with squaring the ball and trying to pick out one of those many players that were queuing up to score, but he somehow managed to find one of the two defenders with his cross. I'm beginning to understand why Wolves moved him on and there weren't a host of teams in the Premier League queuing up to take him. 
He wasn't the only one, though. We just weren't ruthless enough, despite some good attacking pressure. That is until the 77th minute. Will, talk me through Adam Ola Lutman's fantastic goal. Yeah, he looked lively all game and he's one of those players that seems to do it for the full 90 minutes, you know, he doesn't stop running, kind of similar to Anguissa in the effort that he shows and the passion that he shows. You could say he got a bit lucky with the touch that came off the defender, but you've also got to think he also stayed on his feet and, you know, stayed strong when he's running between two defenders. That's always going to be difficult to do. And, you know, he got through, it's a great finish when he gets there as well, right into the kind of roof of the net or, you know, the up a bit of the goal and the keeper's not really got any chance so it's a great run and for me he deserved a goal more than anyone else on the pitch I was wondering before that goal whether <laughs> Will usually made the point he's a 90 minute player I was wondering because um, he sort of goes through through spells in the game where he doesn't do a lot and then he, he then he can pull off something like that which is it's just incredible and I was wondering whether he didn't have the legs for 90 minutes that completely proved me wrong and you know he reminds me of um of Shawnee Aluko, but with an end product, it seems like the closest player we've had since Aluko. And I thought when we had Aluko, we were a much better attacking team. Uh, and when we when we him, we we lost something because we didn't have anyone who could take someone on the halfway line and drive and run at the goal and terrify defenders. And he he looked to fit the bill. He looks an upgrade on Aluko, and ad- absolutely delighted with the way he started. Superb. Well, Mario Lamina came on for Ruben Loftus-Cheek with 10 minutes to go. Dom, how did you think Ruben's debut went, talking of upgrades? Yeah, I think I think you can see he's a, he's a quality player. Um, first sort of 20, 25 minutes, he was excellent. He was involved with everything. He was he was linking up um, the midfield to Mitro, and he was also drifting left and right and just wanting to be involved with everything. Um he he clearly is lacking fitness because in the whole of the half, I think he was just running on gas. Um, we didn't see a lot of him in that second half, but there's not much he can do when that fitness will come. And if he if he plays enough games, he'll he'll be match fit and he's going to be a real asset. Um, much better than anything in that position. The closest comparison, I suppose, we've got is Josh Onoma, and I think I think even on one game, you would say you'd pick Ruben Loftus-Cheek every time. And also, I noticed a few times, he's he's quite he's quite a smart player in that a few times in that game, he looked up, saw that his only option was Cavalero and decided to uh, do something else because it wasn't Cavalero's day. Uh, and he was obviously as frustrated with the way he was playing as we were. Um, so so with, with good players around him, I think, I think there's a real talent there and I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do. Yeah, exactly. I thought he was great. I think, like you say, he's just an upgrade on Josh Onema, can kind of play between midfield and striker and can even drop into centre midfield or, or push up to striker. And it's good because he presses alongside Mitrovic, which, you know, Mitrovic doesn't run a lot, but Loftus-Cheek seems to be able to do it. Like you say, he's kind of a bit short on match fitness because he did start to run out of legs towards the end. But yeah, I thought he saw, seemed really good. And on Lamina, you just mentioned he came on for Loftus-Cheek. I mean, he only had, what, 15 minutes, but I thought he was actually really good. Um, I think he showed good passes, good skill as well. Uh, I think he created a chance where he just dribbled past two, three defenders and managed to find the space. So I, I would actually quite like to see him start next game. Obviously, now when everyone's fit, we're going to have a lot of midfield options, whether Harrison Reed comes back next game as well. We then got Kenny, Anguissa, Lamina, 
read Loftus Cheek or everyone to um, to consider, and especially because Kenny's been doing quite well. You know, if we sign Loftus Cheek at the start of the window, and you know we still had Kenny, I would say yeah, drop Kenny straight away. But he started the Premier League off pretty well, so it's going to be hard to judge who starts in midfield. But I thought Lamina actually played pretty well in the fifteen minutes he was given, and would kind of like to see him start next game. Yeah, that that was going to be my question. I was going to ask who does he replace because, as you say, the the default option would be Kearney. But I thought he was excellent today. I thought that was one of one of his best Premier League games he's played for us. Tom Kearney uh, could have scored another day, stopped by a really good save, um, linked up play, looked to pass it forward. Um, I think Lamine is a good option off the bench at the moment. Uh, I'm not sure he's he's. I mean, he's shown enough to start, but I don't think it's worth dropping anyone at for him at the moment I completely agree with that I was just about to say I think that the way Lamina played in those 15 minutes when he came off the bench he looks like he's the sort of player that could change a game whereas I don't feel like bringing Tom Kearney on off the bench would change a game but I, I was I was probably one of the the bigger critics of Tom Kearney last season in the championship and very much question whether he was good enough to be um, anywhere near the first team in the Premier League this season. But he's in the team on merit at the moment, and he looked excellent today. Um, As you said, Will, as well, you're a big fan of Anguissa. So am I. I thought he was outstanding today. Him and and Kearney kind of ran that midfield in a in a lot of ways. All right, it was only Sheffield United who are one of the one of the um, not so glamorous sides of the Premier League. But at the moment, Tom Kenny starts for me and um, until he has a bad game. that That's the thing. You know, we, we said this about the goalkeeper situation as well. I, I felt like Ariola had a great game today, um, but Rodette never really did anything to get dropped. And and until Kenny does anything to get dropped, then then he's in the team as far as I'm concerned. Um, speaking of uh, dropped, five minutes before the end, Ariola dropped across. Um, the ball was cleared and Lamina went on a hazy run before Tom Kearney bought a good, another good save out of the Sheffield United goalkeeper, Aaron Ramsdale. But as we've seen a few times in the Premier League this season already, there was a VAR check going on whilst we were waiting to take the resulting corner. And lo and behold, Mitro was the judge to have given a foul away in the penalty area. Penalty to Sheffield United and it's one all. Billy Sharp scores. Dom, was it a penalty for you? Oh, it's... It's infuriating. By by the letter of the law, he's got there a millisecond later than is it is it Robinson? I can't I can't remember who he, who he fouled. A millisecond later, they're both going up with high feet towards the ball, and they've just both swung at it. And as far as I can see, they both pretty much missed it because there was no control on the on the contact that Robinson made. And it was like a minute and a half ago. I don't remember a lot of a lot of complaints at the time. There was. There was a sort of appeals you get when someone goes goes down in the box, which is nothing out of the ordinary. And the thing is, is it clear and obvious? Has he missed a really clear foul? I don't think so. It's just two players physically trying to get to the ball. And by the letter of the law, maybe maybe it is a penalty, but the game's moved on. Forget about it. It didn't happen. I don't think anyone really wants to see that, that the game gets pulled back a minute and a half later for, for a, a minor foul. And it just, it it just wasn't, it wasn't. We deserved, we we deserved more than that for the way we played in that second half, and it was just incredibly frustrating. And yeah, I'm I'm not happy with it at all. I think it's ridiculous. The VAR debate will rumble on and on and on. 
But for me, VAR should be used when the referee thinks that there may be something that he's not sure about and he should he should be the one to go to VAR and say, can you just check that for me? Rather than VAR checking everything and getting in his ear and saying, hang on a minute, we're just checking something that happened yeah, five minutes yeah. ago. It's, it, it spoils the game. You're right. And also, also it, it's really, you basically, you can't have a, a physical powerhouse striker anymore because we already saw against, um, was it Villa? I think Mitro yeah. sort of just using his strength against a defender who went down easily and we gave away a foul instead of a goal. And obviously, <laughs> Mitro has had his best game, but I just think you're going to see that a lot of the time a lot of his game is dominating defenders and if and if a referee sees a tiny thing wrong with what he does he's going to get get decisions go against him and it's like it doesn't benefit you to have that that strong physical striker who dominates defenders anymore because they're going to find something that he does wrong it's easy for us to say because we've got Mitrovic who is that type of player but that type of player has always been part of English football and you know, giving those kind of decisions is it's just it is frustrating for us. Obviously, you know, you're not going to get the likes of Man City complaining about those types of decisions because they they've got very quick and technical types of players. And I'm not saying that Mitrovic isn't a technical player, but he's obviously not the quickest. But he is a physical player, and that that's part of the game. And removing that just just spoils it for me. What do you think, Will? Was it a penalty for you? I mean, like Dom said, by the law, yeah, I suppose it is, but it's literally like a millisecond after. I mean, they've both tried to do the exact same thing. Their legs are both at exactly the same height. They've both tried to kick the ball in at the exact same time in the exact same place. And they've just one of them has just lifted their leg a bit higher or maybe not even that. Maybe he just got there quicker. He was just in a better position. I I don't think that's should be a penalty. I don't think that's worth going back to VAR to look at. It. It's not clear and obvious. It's not. He's not like tried to be malicious in wiping also, him out. He just tried also, to he's hurt. He's hurt Mitro. Like he's he's got the ball a millisecond before Mitro, and he's in. Not injured him, but but could that yeah, not be? Both... Could there not be a case for dangerous play from him? Yeah, they both went down Sadly before and... Mitro. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they both went down. And you could say that the Sheffield United player had a high foot. You could always say Mitrovic had a high foot. But I'm not being funny. It's just a collision that yeah. should not be going to VAR ever. But they don't pull that back. If that defender's fouled Mitrovic... Sorry, if that striker's fouled Mitrovic, they don't pull that back when we've got a corner. So what's yeah, the point? No, because they're not looking at attacking fouls in the box, are they? No, it's, it's ridiculous. It's just so one-sided and weighted in favour of the attacking team. It's um, it's stupid. Stupid rule, stupid VAR. It can do one. Anyway, let's move on. Let's continue to talk about Mitro's miserable afternoon because it was compounded when he missed a header in injury time after more brilliant work from Lutman down the left-hand side. He's um, He's risen above everybody. He's got great contact on it, but he's missed the target. Probably one of Mitro's most disappointing games in a Fulham shirt, I'd say, for me. What about you, Will? Yeah, yeah, bang on. I mean... It was disappointed. He, like I said, he looked so frustrated um, during the game and after he missed chances, he just looked so annoyed. But it, it just was, it just wasn't good enough. I mean, on another day, he'd be burying those chances easily. He could have got a hat trick, you know, penalty into 
pretty easy headers or well the first one definitely was that one to be fair quite far out he's had to get quite high up but like he's missed the target on both of them he hasn't even made the keeper work so for me yeah one of his worst games in a Fulham shirt and it's unlucky because Lookman playing the crosses into him is probably one of the best wingers he's had alongside him in the last couple of seasons yeah it's one of his worst games in a Fulham shirt but it's inches away from being one of his best isn't it because he he puts that penalty you know six inches lower it's 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 a brilliant penalty if Far doesn't call that back he doesn't give away the penalty and then at the other end on another day which is a better chance for him than a penalty is that header um so just 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 crazy it it's harsh because he he kept trying and I'm I'm reluctant to criticize him too much because he kept going and he he wanted to score and he really should have done that's all you can ask for him, though, to keep getting in those positions. And all the while he's getting in those positions, then he's going to score goals. And if Lookman's going to pick him out, then he will. He'll get 15 goals this season. He's already got a couple. And like you say, he probably should have had three today. But it wasn't to be for him today. And I, I guess this was his Brighton away of the last Premier League season where he gave that penalty away when we were 2-0 up. So let's hope that, that our fortunes start to change and we and we start to start to pick up some results in the in the next few games. But talking of Adamola Lutman, he was asked about his goal in the post-match interview and he said it doesn't matter as we didn't get the three points. He sounded absolutely despondent as he felt that we should have won the game. And I found myself really appreciating that attitude because he's right. We were good enough to win the game and we should have won the game, shouldn't we? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a fantastic attitude, I think. Um, I, I thought the same and it was like... He obviously wants to score goals to help the team win, and as good as Ryan Babel was for us uh, when we when we went down last time, if you asked that question to Ryan Babel, he'd have he'd have talked about his goal, wouldn't he? Let's face it, he's uh, Ryan Babel's playing football for Instagram likes, and uh, Lookman's playing football to help his team win games. Uh, I, I really like that attitude. Um, so long, long may it continue. I think he he's excellent, and if he keeps playing like that, then I, I think we've got a real good chance of staying up. Good stuff, mate. Yeah, I agree. All right, well, let's come on to a man of the match rating then. Will, who is your man of the match this afternoon? It's got to be Lookman for me. He was so lively, um, scored the goal, got us the point, really. Uh, for me, though, I think special mention to Ream. I thought good head in. Uh, you know, he's not the strongest player, so he did get pushed around a lot, but he stayed on his feet and wasn't afraid to go in for challenges. But yeah, Lookman for me, but Ream solid i had my mum over to watch the game again today and she every time she sees tim ream she says oh ream get your hair cut mum get over it he's <laughs> <laughs> gone for come on he's our lion he's our lion yeah what about you dom who's your man of the match mate i, I think it's got to be lookman as well um uh, i mean I, i'd give the honorable mention to Ariola today um apart from that one that one fumble um that led to the penalty, did it in the end? I think, um, but he was he was claiming those throw-ins like he was just pushing his way through a sea of players every time and making it his. And that's what I want to see from a goalkeeper: just commanding his box when crosses come in. Uh, he made a really good save when um, in the first half that could have gone in easily. Um, he just he he does everything he's asked asked to do and does it well. Um, but but Lukman for his goal and his general. His general ability to to attack from when we're when we're defending is is something we've we've desperately needed, and um, yeah, great performance from him. 
You're right. It, it was a good performance by Ariola as well. You're right. And um, every time I mention Ariola, I seem to mention Rodak and how unfortunate Rodak was. But Ariola does command his penalty area, as you said, and he does actually come and catch the ball instead of flapping and punching. So that is uh, that is a real asset to us, um, and it's good to have him. For me, I, I know um, it's you guys have both gone for Lutman as man of the match, but for me, I'm gonna I'm gonna say Angisa because I thought he dominated the midfield. And he really pushed us on and he just looked a cut above the rest. I know Lookman uh, will win the plaudits, but obviously because of his goal and because of his uh, creative ability as well. And he, he looked very good um, and threatening every time he got the ball. But I just thought Angisa drove us forward through the middle time and time again. He got an early yellow card for a, a tactical foul, um, but he didn't let that bother him. He was still sticking his foot in where it was needed. And yeah, I, I can't speak highly enough of Angisa so far this season. And I thought he was excellent again today. Let's come on to Scott Parker then. Um, Dom, I'm going to come to you first. What was your Scott Parker rating today? <sighs> it's a tricky one. It, I think if, we, if we'd if we held on for the win, it would have been an eight or a nine. Um, but it's a seven um, just, just because we didn't get the three points. He, It was a good starting lineup. I didn't really have any complaints about that. Um, I don't think we don't think we attacked with enough pace in the first half, um, and we we could have been two 0 behind at the break, which I think would have been a bit bit unfair. But they did create some good chances. Second half, whatever he said to them at, it, at half time worked because we were superb. Like I I can't fault any player in that second half apart apart from Mitro for giving away the penalty. But even then, it's it's reluctant to 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 blame him for that at all. Um, we he he obviously saw there was a chance to to break uh, and counter, and he he told them to go for it because we looked a much better, quicker attacking side in that second half, and that is the blueprint for how we need to play this season. Um, so it's a seven for me because we we didn't manage to get to hold on for the win, but it's not particularly his fault that we didn't. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you. Actually, I had um, I had seven in mind for this game as well. Um, the first half wasn't great defensively, but we were still trying to get forward. But the second half, we just completely took the game to Sheffield United, who have made some big signings. They spent a bit of money. They signed Freyan Brewster, who I felt like BT Sport were were desperate to score. Um, they were desperate for him to score, um, but we uh, we we didn't really give him that much of a sniff in the second half and. So how we didn't win the game, I don't know. And we've criticised Mitrovic, but as I said earlier on, at least he was there to miss the opportunities. And as long as he's there, then he'll score more than he misses, I think. So seven out of 10 for me for Scott. What about you, Will? Yeah, sevens all round, I think. Um, I mean, I probably could have gone maybe six, but I think seven's fair enough. The second half was much better than the first half. Uh I think maybe he could have made a couple of subs earlier on, maybe taking Cav off. But, you know, we were playing well. We scored the goal and conceded very late on. I don't think the goal was really his fault. It's it's really unlucky. And like you say, on another day, we could have got three points there. I think we've got to keep faith in Parker, really. We've seen that he can set up his team in different ways. He just needs to work out what games to you know, certain games to play certain players and certain games to play certain tactics. And yeah, if we just keep our cool with him and realise that he's a good manager and he likes, he's a perfectionist, you know, he likes to get everything right. 
So I think we just need to appreciate his tactics and give him a bit more time. We're seeing progress now as well, though, aren't we? Because after those first three games where we conceded a shed load of goals against Arsenal, Leeds and Villa, we played much better and we looked much better defensively against Wolves away, who uh, finished seventh twice in a row. They're a decent side. And all right, Sheffield United, they're probably going to be there or thereabouts at the bottom of the table this season. But we still we still had to go up there and play well against them, where our confidence is particularly low because we've not won any games this season and we and we did it. So I'm seeing progress and that's, I guess, aside from winning every game and getting points each week, that's as much as we can ask for. Dom? Yeah, I, I agree. And um, before the game, they spoke to Michael Brown and he said both managers are going to be, they're only going to care about the result, not the performance here. Um, I, I don't entirely agree with that because I think if you're playing well, if you're performing, if you're creating chances, if you're the better team, then over a, the length of a season, then that will equate to you doing enough um, more often than not. Whereas if you're getting lucky and picking up wins, then you might win three in a row, one nil. But but if you're playing badly, you're going to lose a lot of games. So I was I was very very happy to see the improvement in Wolves defensively, and then we've we've stepped up to to improve going forward as well because I thought we were excellent in attack and we could have scored three, four goals in that second half. Lovely stuff, mate. All right, well, let's leave it there. Thanks for joining me, both of you. We'll be back on Thursday morning to look ahead to Saturday's match with Roy Hodgson's Crystal Palace at Craven Cottage. And there'll be a player in focus chat about Breda Hangeland to look forward to as well. Until then, have a great week and speak to you soon. Cheers.